For those of you that are heading out to the Lamb Creek Sci Falls game on Thursday night at Sci Fair FCU Stadium, they have a special treat for you. Stop by one of the CF FCU promo tables and tell them you listen to this show, the Sci Fair Sports Report. And uh, for being a proud listener of the report, you'll receive some cool swag reserved just for listeners. Swag supplies are limited, so get there early before they run out. But uh, certainly, we'd be happy to hear, uh, or they would be happy to hear from you if you're listening to the show. So thanks for supporting us, guys, and uh, thanks for supporting Sci Fair FCU. That's Lamb Creek versus Sci Falls at CF FCU on Thursday night. September 21st. They will be out there. I'll try to make an appearance there as well. Come say hi and uh, get to know us. Welcome to the Sci Fair Sports Report, your one stop shop for Sci Fair ISD sports coverage. Hosted by the Chronicles' Kevin Cook, Vite Magazine's Thomas Bingham, and Varsity Wire's Chase Parisher. The best district in Texas deserves the best coverage, and you'll find it here. Guys, welcome to the show. This is the SciFair Sports Report. I'm Kevin Cook of the Houston Chronicle at K. Michael Cook on Twitter and also at SciFair Sports. It's good to be back with you guys. Uh, high school football is back as of this weekend. I have here, we're at uh, Foundry Church, the Fry Road campus, absolutely filled to the brim with relief and aid supplies, which are much needed in this community. They're doing terrific work here. They are one of our partners and sponsors. And uh, and to my left here, we have Chase Parisher of Varsity Wires. Chase, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about yourself? Uh, you know, it was a long drive getting out here. I think it was two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, something like that. From the southwest side where I live. Traffic is still a little wonky. I think there's flash flood warnings near my home. It's still a wild time in this town, but uh, there's some semblance of normalcy returning. To Chase's left, across from me, we have Thomas Bingham of Vipe magazine thomas what's going on with you man not much just uh regular day of work yeah and regular days of work for us are like 14 hour days yeah. uh you know lots of tweeting uh certainly a lot of activity but it's fun i love what i do certainly and and very clear to me how much i loved what i did this weekend when the games return so uh, we we're all there thursday obviously at the Cy spring Cy woods game um were you surprised by the result at all not necessarily. Um, maybe the domination. Um, <laughs> Would you, know, you call it domination? It, it truly was on both sides of the ball by uh, Cy Springs. But um, no, I mean, I, I think coming into it, Springs was the favorite. Obviously, you know, Kaner, um, that was a key injury for Woods. So that really slowed down um, Woods' offense. But for the most part, um, you know, the offense that we expected out of Springs did show up. And then they were their defense, which, you know, we've had our question marks about, forced four uh, turnovers. And that was... A big step for him. Yeah, and I, I wonder when you say it was, it was not what I expected from Cy Springs. So I obviously nominally knew they were, you know, moving to the wing tee or whatever. I didn't know exactly how that was going to play out in terms of the play on the field. What it did to me is they sacrificed some of that high octane, get up and down the field really quickly because what that does is, yeah, you score in seven seconds. That's great. But then your defense that's just been on the field for a long time comes right back on the field yeah. and you handicap good players by putting them in an untenable situation. I, I mean, that's basically what Brett Kobe said to me, Coach Kobe, and I agree. So it was less, um, you know, explosive eye popping, you know, than, than I was hoping for maybe, but it seems more sustainable over the course of a long it season and, and hopefully things go well a long playoff run as well. You think so, Chase? I think absolutely. I mean, uh, you talked about sustained drives. You know, they were, you know, they ran it 42 times. Right, and that's unusual that's, for Spurs. That's a very unusual stat line to see. I, I talked with uh, Chris Tiller of TSRN Sports who called that game after the game. And I was like, you know, you know the spread offense is dying when Cy Springs yeah. runs it. <laughs> 42 times <laughs> and you look at Xavier West who is an exceptionally talented young man five of ten uh was not really called upon to do that much with his arm I mean you know 10 passes is, is a fair amount of work but, but not what you are used to seeing from the Cy Springs Panthers I think and not what we saw from X last year so uh, you know I wonder uh 
you know, if they're winning, I imagine everyone's going to be happy with the changes, even if it means that maybe they're getting 75% of what they could have gotten in one of those up-tempo offenses. But, you know, Cole Christnick left for Bridgeland. He was uh, the offensive coordinator. I think he probably had some degree uh, of hand in that offense, you would think. (laughs) And so it's interesting to see how it's changing. You know, you got guys like Tay Barber who can really do a lot of things for you. He'll play running back. He'll play wide receiver. He'll play on defense. I think he was leading the team on tackles the first half, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he really does make an impact on both sides of the ball. That kind of versatility, I think, serves him well in the wing tee. And again, you know, maybe we're not going to see like the video game plays we saw last year with O'Shea Clark, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but what we may see is a team that wins enough football games to get into the playoff hunt. And that's uh, that's very important to the minor. That's the main goal, too. Just what, get the playoffs. Across the way was Cy Fair, Cy Lakes, I believe. Uh, obviously, since we were all three at Cy Spring, Cy Woods, we didn't see it, but we do have the result, which Chase, I think, believe you have in front of you there. Chase is not having a front. Yeah, I do go. have it. Forty-two <laughs> seven. Cy Fair with Cy Lakes. Thank you. I knew. I knew. Generally speaking, I didn't have the numbers there. I mean, uh, no surprise at the result there. I think uh, surprise would be uh, injuries again. And we'll get into a, a more comprehensive injury update toward the end of the podcast here. But injuries definitely played a role, and I think that was a fear with with Hurricane Harvey with taking two weeks off, not having the scrimmage, not having the non district game, um, and for some kids, not having homes, you know, having long breaks, working out, conditioning, and so forth. I don't know if statistically there were more injuries than a usual opening. It seemed like it to me. Um, obviously, uh, Cy Lake's one of those with the quarterback. But Cy Fair, pretty dominant here. Uh, Trent Kennedy, not relied upon to do too much. Pretty effective when he was in there. Um, Got two scores. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, that's what you expect from him, right? He's going to go get the work done. And they, they really didn't have to do um, – they didn't have to stretch themselves too far to win that game. So, not a lot of surprises there. Not a lot to discuss. Cy Fair is kind of what we thought they were. Cy Lake's, uh, again, bad luck with the injury. Kind of what we thought they were as well. So moving on to Friday, uh, we, were, we were split up for Friday, right? Yes. We were. Yeah. So uh, Chase and I, we were together uh, over at Ken Pridgen Stadium, and Thomas, you were at the West Cypher FCU. So Thomas, how, how was your Friday night? What, what were your impressions of the game? Yeah, so I was at Pridgen for uh, Langham and Side Creek, and the interesting thing about this game was the fact that, you know, Side Creek jumped out two quick scores, 7 nothing, 14-7, and then you saw Chris Heron, the quarterback for uh, Langham, he went off 315 total yards, five touchdowns, 31 unanswered points for the Lobos. It was a big statement win for Langham, especially as we all know, they have nine games um, to decide you know who goes to the playoffs, um, and every game counts. And so this was a big one because mm-hmm. these are two teams that are going to be in the playoff hunt, and two teams that are pretty evenly matched. I think you expect them, you know, like. Uh, all due respect to Langham Creek, I think they're going to compete for a district title. They certainly want to, but, you know, Cy Ranch and Cy Fair are kind of the names that people generally point to as being the ones they expect to be there at the top. So you have Langham Creek and Cy Creek that are always vying for that, you know, second, maybe third to fifth. You know, last year, Cy Creek on the outside looking in, Langham Creek gets in the playoffs, and, and that is, makes all the difference in the world to two teams that are pretty evenly matched. So it is, I think, a big statement win in that this is one that could have gone either way. So I w- I'm curious because I wasn't there. Obviously, Heron's numbers jump off the page. Heron, we'll call him friend of the show because he was on the show recently and did a, a terrific interview about his uh, Baylor camp experience. But you could tell from the interview and from what Todd Thompson said about him, he was special. Looking at the numbers here, pretty special. Obviously, the uh, the bell cow for Langham Creek and the Lobos. Well, you actually got to see him. How, how exciting or energetic or dynamic was the performance? It was incredible. I mean especially during that run, you know, he was breaking for some nice runs and it was just, it was awesome to see this breakout performance because obviously I've heard, you know, there were, um, you know, he came in, he didn't have the entire season last year and for him to now kind of have that position, his, he was like, okay, 
you know, I can settle into this position and this is all mine. And so that's kind of the impression I had from it. 45-26 victory for uh, Langham. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Karen talked about that as well. The difference it being his team going into it versus last year he had Jacob Walls, Casey Pryor, two great guys, great guys for that program, good vocal leaders, both of them competent quarterbacks. I think to the point that it was difficult to choose one over the other, and then you have this really superlative sophomore talent and Chris Heron who can do some really special things. He's very young and raw. You know, if I were in Todd Thompson's place, I wouldn't know who to play either. Um, but he did have that spectacular touchdown catch in the Cy Ridge game right before he started at quarterback. And it's just been a different tone around that team since he's taken over. So, yeah, statement, you know, he made it. Certainly he made it first on the podcast and then I think on the field uh, Friday night. So that was that was pretty impressive. Of course, we were across the way. We saw Cy Ranch, Cy Falls. Cy Ranch had their 25-game uh, district winning streak on the line in their season opener, which it is, not, is uh, getting kind of hairy there towards the end of it the fourth be. quarter. Because of Harvey, obviously, you expect to open up with somebody that is not going to threaten your streak, right? You could even go play Katie, mm-hmm. who has a similar streak of their own that's uh, larger, uh, an active streak. But, uh, but, you know, they didn't get to. So there you go. First game jitters, all the weirdness. I think there's a ton of weirdness, right? 3-3 three, three tied going into the fourth quarter. That was a very... 3-3 three, three after 3. Yeah, it was <laughs> It insane. was. I was, I was, you know, you and I were talking like, when was the last time there was this little offense by either one of these teams who pretty uh, prolific offenses? So what one thing people said on Twitter was it's a defensive battle. Did you feel that it was a defensive battle? Or did you feel that the offenses just weren't up to speed because of the hurricane break? Um, I'd say a little bit of both. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it was a, a defensive battle, but there were also what, like 12 combined punts in this game. And it was just back and forth all night. And, uh, you know, Cy Ranch got that pick six there in the, what, about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. They kind of pulled away a little bit. And then Falls came back and scored another touchdown, almost got the onside kick there to make it real interesting. But uh, Cy Ranch hung on to that one. I will say that if we're talking defensive battles there, Jeremiah, is it Sal or Soul? Do we know? Soul. Soul. Mr. Soul of Cy Ranch, uh, he had two and a half tackles for loss and a sack, uh, six total tackles. And on the Cy Falls side, I, you know, a couple guys jump off the page, but DeAndre Collins really, really tore it up with seven tackles, three tackles for loss. So, I mean, two great defenses out there playing, and they played each other to a standstill until the fourth quarter, and then in the fourth quarter early, TJ Goodwin, who had looked fantastic, I think, all game long, uh, poor decision in the shadow of his own end zone. Uh, chucks it up there. Christian Richards, sophomore linebacker for Zion Ranch, snags it out and then effortlessly runs it 23 yards in. And then it did the absolutely the floodgates opened from that point on. And it was all Zion Ranch and they absolutely took control. So I think you saw Zion Ranch shaking off the jitters, the weirdness of the early season stuff, kind of returning the form. I would say my impression of Ranch is definitely not last year's Ranch team, definitely still a team to beat in this district. Yeah, I mean, when have they not been a team to beat in this district? <laughs> right. You know, ever since 2010 when they started, they've been that team. So, you know, a vaunted uh, streak that's uh, it's now 26. So if they continue unbeaten, they have a season like last year, they go 9-0 and in district. That would leave them at 34. It would still be the third longest active streak if Katie and uh, Lamar also continue winning in district. And I think they will <laughs> looking at their district schedules. So uh, it's an interesting story. It doesn't, it's not even top 20 uh, all time in terms of Texas highest classification, for which is just years. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So you have to, you have to break 32, I think to break into the top 15, uh, 34, we leave them at tied for t- tied for 12th. I, I had all number one. Today, did you do your research? Yeah, I did do the research. I forgot. And since then, I think it's uh, Dallas Carter from the seventies and Abilene from the 
fifties. Oh man, uh, have 30, 34 game streaks. So that's where you would wind. But this up win streaks just for district, isn't it? It's just district win yeah. streaks. Yeah, I don't know how Adam Coleman got that information. That's from him. Thank you to Adam for that. It was interesting stuff, and it uh, was the basis for my articles. But uh, so, sorry, I falls. We didn't discuss the side fall side. How do they look to you relative to the line? Last year was a disappointing season. Obviously, Chris Brister, the uh, the rookie head coach. Um, you know, this program could be headed anywhere. Where do you see it going? Uh, Thomas, actually, you weren't even there. <laughs> Thomas was not at the game, which is why I asked you. Chase. No, I, it's been a long day. I will say that, uh, I don't know. To me, it's still a question mark. It's, it's amazing to me that TJ Goodwin was so effective. And yet you still only have three points in the beginning of the fourth quarter there. And, and you know, a tough defense inside ranch. I don't know. A lot of question marks for me. I'm really not sure. There are some superlative athletes, Starlin Baldwin, who got shaken up early. Um, so I tweeted with him after he said he's going to be fine. No big deal. But uh, again, one of those, you know, nagging kind of injuries, they have some guys that can really light it up. It's just a question of, will they put it together? And, and, you know, how will Brister adjust in his first year as, as head coach? And we'll see more as the, as the, not the years go on as the year as the season goes on. So one final game on Saturday. Well, don't forget there. the score. 23-10. Did we never say that? I don't believe we did. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, it was 23 Y'all were there and you didn't even say the score yet. <laughs> yeah. 20, I'm becoming the score guy. 23 to 10. You Cyridge. are a score guy. And then finally, uh, Saturday, Cyridge versus Jersey Village. Um, was this one a surprise to anyone? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the first quarter was yeah. for sure. Jersey Village coming out of a. Smoking cannon. Oh they were God. they were off to the races there. Blake Johnson and uh, nothing. Kenneth Flowers. They they were ready. They yeah. uh, they came out. They, and I think I realized a lot too. They were ready. So Cy Ridge lost a lot, but it was a question mark. You know, after the run they had last year, how are they going to do with the guys they had departing? It is not the same Cy Ridge team. This, I mean, Jersey Village looked competent and in control from the first snap until the final buzzer sounded. I mean, it was really, uh, I was surprised by that. All due respect to Jersey Village. Coach David Stuckhouse has been doing this a long, long time. Very well-respected coach. You know, I just did not expect that degree of uh, precision from them, and they were really playing together as a team. So that was exciting for me to see because Jersey Village last year struggled uh, the year before that, even though they had Deshaun Qualls, uh, a superlative talent. I enjoyed getting to see him my first year covering sports. They still didn't have a very good record, certainly didn't make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, getting the year started with a win, which they did. Uh, I don't know if I said the score. 26-16 was the final score. Jersey Village over Cy Ridge. Don't forget, Blake Johnson, I think you mentioned him, but you did not mention what he did in the first quarter. What did he do in Three, the first touchdowns. Three, Three touchdowns. touchdowns. One rushing, two pass. There you go. And he was uh, terrific. I, I, you know, everything Jersey Village did worked out for them. It was it was really quite, uh, quite a sight. So Jordan Jones is a guy we highlighted as a top 10 player to watch, right? A really exciting young athlete who's uh, capable of doing some really special things, particularly along the sidelines as a wide receiver. He ended up with five catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, looked good. I mean, again, made those kind of plays he's capable of making and, and gets you excited about him. So I think we uh, he validated our pick in him a little bit. So what are your overall impressions? We had all 10 teams play. Uh, we've seen you know most of them with our own eyes and certainly on film we've seen all of them what are the takeaways from the first week of football it's good to have it back yeah certainly <laughs> i'm it's glad good, it's back. good to be in the routine you know have games thursday friday and saturday and you, know, you and i talked at uh Pridgen on saturday you know we we learned a lot you know what teams are are going forward and uh what teams need to work on you know those teams know who they are and uh injuries played a part you know that's uh so macrocosmic, big picture here. Did your opinions about things like who's going to win the district title, who's capable of a long playoff run, any of those big picture things change for you after what you've seen this weekend? I'd say not much. I mean, I, I still think Cy Fair should be the favorite. I mean, especially with that dominant effort mm. against Cy Lakes. I know Cy Lakes is 
Salt Lakes, but you know they still took care of business. They didn't do what Ranch did and struggled against you know a team that they probably should have won you know handily against. And so you know Langham, obviously they made a statement. Um, Creek, I know they lost, but you know there were signs. Mateo Renteria, you know we brought him up. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know Jersey was a shocker. Ridge, who knows you know what's going on with Ridge if they actually can turn the things around because that was definitely not what anyone expected, at least the way they lost, especially with the way they, um, you know, got down early. And so. they pride themselves on defense in Jersey Village's offense was just so effective yeah. right from the get go. So that was unusual. But again, I think you can chalk a lot of that up to it's a weird start to the season for these teams. Some of them handled it maybe better than others did. Definitely. For who knows what reasons, you know, who knows what, what problems are affecting these programs or these kids, their families. You know, I, I certainly don't blame anyone. I'm not, Criticize, but but there were teams that were more ready to play than others uh, this weekend, certainly. So that that one zero start is going to be huge. You know, you got five teams that have it and five teams that don't. So that uh, in a nine game season, it's even more uh, uh, underscored or highlighted, as you mentioned, Thomas. So exciting to have it back. We'll have more thoughts on Texas high school football and particularly seventeen six eight football as the season continues. But uh, for now, we'll uh, throw it to one of our sponsors. Well, guys, we said it on the show before. Sci-Fair ISD is special. Some would say the best district in Texas. Todd Freed uh, of the Cube says that. I say that. Uh, what makes SciFair so special is the outpouring of support that we see every day for the kids in this community. And SciFair Federal Credit Union has always been one of the strongest supporters of SciFair ISD and its student athletes. That's why the stadium bears their name. SciFair FCU sponsorship of the Barry Center, the portion we call SciFair FCU Stadium, the football side, provides $150,000 for the district's operating budget every year for 10 years. From its founding all the way back in 1956, when 10 local educators envisioned a better way to bank, SciFair FCU has been committed to SciFair ISD, and you can be part of that community support too, and we think you should be. Visit SciFairFCU.org today to find out about becoming a member of SciFair FCU. I am. The show is. I know a lot of people that are. I know no one that is dissatisfied. Another way of saying that would be everyone is satisfied. We love those guys. They love us, and they love the things that you love. So go by, drop by a branch. Drop in and say hi. Visit the website. Somehow get to know them because I think you'll like what you see. This is the SciFair Sports Report. And we're back with a segment that we instituted last year on the VWCast. Shout out to Zach Babb, who uh, founded that um, and was in many ways the inspiration for this podcast. Chase Parisher was a huge part of it. I don't mean to... <laughs> you're sitting right here next to me. I certainly don't mean to slight you. But giving out awards. So obviously at the end of the year, you have your all district teams. Um, those are, uh, kids take a lot of pride in those. Those matter. Certainly things like recruitment and so forth. We love doing it weekly. We, we kind of have the ability to do that with the show and it's really fun because we're at most of the games. So I saw, you know, three of the five games we could have had. We all did between the two of us, three of us rather. We saw, I think all of the games. And so we, we, uh, no, we, we didn't, we weren't at Cypher Thomas Cypher was at two. That's the only one. Cypher side likes the one we missed out. Yeah, Sorry you, guys. We'll you and I saw three. <laughs> we will, uh, we'll catch you guys soon. But, Certainly enough to know who put up the best performances, and we love highlighting those as well. So it's a deep district, a lot of athletes, a lot of terrific. If you if you make this list, it, it means something. You know, I know we're just a fake radio show that we're doing out of you know foundries, couches, and so forth, but it does mean something. We're the ones who watch, and, uh, and it's a pleasure to reward guys for for a job well done. So let's go down the list here. We have our our uh, our superlatives. All right, we'll end with the MVP of the week overall, but I want to start out with quarterbacks. So when you think about quarterback play, obviously this is a district known for it. 176A, Greg McKaig's a quarterback guru. There's a number of guys uh, kind of in that mold. Uh, Mateo Renteria is certainly uh, one of the Chris top Aaron. quarterbacks. Yeah, Chris Heron is, is a terrific quarterback as well. Uh, so let's look at the, the slate of games. Who, who are the guys that jump out to you? Okay, this might be our quarterback of the week. 
I think the two that we just mentioned. So Heron was uh, special, right? 151 rushing yards, 163 passing yards, five total touchdowns, three rushing, two uh, passing. You know, you mentioned earlier he was he looked extremely dynamic and exciting, which is uh, which is pretty fun. And then you look at Renteria, 33 of 47 with just okay, I see just one interception. You don't want to throw any of those, but when you throw the ball 50 times and you only throw one interception, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good a, ratio. Do a pretty good job against the secondary, so I, I don't fault him for that. Ended up with 304 yards, three touchdowns. That's kind of like a Mateo Renteria stat line. It pretty is pretty much very very typical stat line. You pencil him in for that virtually every game. He's going to throw it a ton. He's going to be pretty efficient, effective with it. They're going to get a lot of those short yardage plays, bootlegs and the and the like. And then he's going to matriculate it down the field. And uh, it wasn't enough, uh, unfortunately. Obviously, <laughs> you saw in that same game, Heron put up incredible stats. But uh, you know, his defense let him down. Yeah, I will say it, it may seem odd what we're about to do here, but uh, we're going to give quarterback of the week to uh, Mateo Renteria, 33 of 47, as we mentioned. 70.2 completion percentage. You mentioned the efficiency. That's huge. That is huge. And and when you rely on someone to throw the ball that much, what you need them to do is put it in the hands of the receivers. And so I absolutely think that Renteria is deserving. There were a number of good uh, performances. This isn't going Goodwin. three for four. This is going <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. The 33 of 47. Going like... three for four like 10 times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Mateo Renteria is your week one quarterback of the week. And then we go wide receiver. Uh, you know, these are in some ways linked, right? You have QBs and wide receivers. So uh, there are performances out there. Uh, Jordan Jones was a guy that jumped out to me. I think it was uh, five catches, 73 yards and a touchdown. You um, put it up against Miles Battle, Cy Creek. He had five catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns. I think that when you look at the slate of wide receivers in the district this week, the most impactful one would have to be Miles Battle. What do you guys think? Pretty Our typical week for Miles Battle. You know, Mateo. And it, it does. You will find that's often the case, right? The guy, the quarterback that has the best week has to be thrown it to someone, right? So oftentimes, you know, whoa. he had a big touchdown to kick off that game. Oh, really? He did. I think it was like 66 yards you know, or something. That's how you, you get a big leg up on the awards if you put up that kind of play <laughs> on the first drive. <laughs> it's just like an offensive play of the game. There you go. That's, that's brilliant. That's how you want to start a game. But not how you want to finish it, as we uh, ultimately saw. So running backs. Uh, I will say before we launch into the discussion here, the impression I had was that there wasn't a guy that jumped off the page to me like last year you had Tony Carter. Actually, for the last like three years, you had Tony Carter. You know, you had Traylon Smith. You had really uh, blue chip, high profile guys that you expected to be uh, the workhorses. We mentioned Trenton Kennedy, who had a, a perfectly serviceable game, I believe. I don't have his stats right in front of you. Was uh, 12 carries, 37 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, you got in the end zone twice, did what was asked of him, but that's not a video game stat line because they were dominant in that game. They really didn't need their first string production uh, for the entirety of it. So, particularly when you're worried about injuries, you take him out. So, and looking at the slate, kind of a weird week, and nobody really, Jamar really. Shereen, eight yeah. Eight yards. Touchdown. Yeah. And that's all on the ground. You know, yeah. he had, I think, 127 total, 99 total yards in the first half. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was our bite player game on Thursday. Yeah, he was. I, I do think he was the player of that game for sure. I would say that uh, to me, it's a pretty close call because these are all competent performances. None, none of them really superlative. Chris Men of Langham Creek obviously got the win there. He had uh, 19 carries for 83 yards, ended up with a touchdown there as well. Um, I think that. Chris Men, you know, again, a guy who's been doing it a while as well, has some longevity and tenure in this league. That's your uh, that's your week one running back of the week. Next, we go to the defensive side of the ball, which we've been accused of sliding. So we added the, the defensive point about halfway through last year's run of podcast, and people love the uh, the highlight on the defense. So we saw some defensive games, like we mentioned the Cy Ranch, Cy Falls. We one. did. We talked about some yeah. guys from that. So who were defenders that stood out to you guys this week? Uh, I mean, McLaren Bird, 12 tackles, one sack, and I believe he had a tackle for loss in there. I don't have it right here in front of me, but 
you know, you put up 12 tackles in the game. You're, you're doing something right. You're reading the offense real well. You know, you're very aware. You also have uh, uh, Smith Henry, uh, who ended up with 10 uh, tackles in his contest. Chase Hanks ended up with 11. So you had three guys with double-digit tackles there. That's pretty impressive work from defensive guys. Uh, Carson went, Josh Smith had a sack. Uh, McLaren as you mentioned there on the sack list as well. Uh, and then, boy, Colin Patterson with a four and a half, or uh, excuse me, four tackles for loss. Uh, pretty impressive work there. But, I mean, if you look at it overall, I would say McLaren Bird, 12 tackles with the sack there. That's just leading the districts of our, as of right now <laughs> with only one week of stats and lead the district in tackles with the sack there. Impactful player in, in a game they won. That's, it's a, that's your defense or defender of the week uh, for me. One of my favorites here, play of the week. So uh, what are the plays that jumped out to you guys? What are the ones that got you out of your seat in the press box this week? There were a few that got, uh, that got, that got everybody excited. Uh, play of the week. It's uh, Christian Richards, the uh, sophomore linebacker for Cy Ranch, with the uh, pick of a uh, TJ Goodwin taking it twenty three yards to the house. And that was a that was a big play there in the fourth quarter. It's about nine minutes left, and you know to that point we talked about there was no offense in that game at all. It could have gone. It was three to three in the fourth quarter. Yes, of course. I mean that that game was totally up for grabs. It was up for grabs. That's and a good way to put it. It changed the complexion of that entire game. They don't get any bigger than that play. I mean that play fired his team up. Oh, it's like all of a sudden everyone woke up and realized we're Cy Ranch. What are we doing? Right. And they had that programmatic mentality and came out and just absolutely fired on all cylinders and were dominant from that point forward. So I, you know, the, the moments don't get any bigger than that. I'm sure that he was celebrated and lauded by his teammates for the impact he had there. To me, that was the whole game right there. I mean, that, that was everything. So definitely deserving the play of the week. It, it swung the game. Christian Richards, I'm sure he's a guy we'll see getting other play of the week awards uh, as this thing continues, but uh, a really special week for those guys. So those are all our positional ones, but we do have an overall award, sort of an MVP of the week. And, uh, you know, I think you probably, if you're an astute listener, figure out when we sort of danced around it in the quarterback one there. Chris Heron is your MVP of the week. I don't think there's any question about it, right? I've promoted that guy so much the last couple of days. Well, and you should I have because he was on our show I too. <laughs> yeah, well, he was also on the show recently. You know, I don't, I don't pick the student athletes we have on the show. Uh, you know, out of a hat, uh, high impact guys, and uh, a good reason to listen to us. But yeah, obviously the five touchdowns. He was the most impactful offensive Over player. Three hundred yards. Yeah, of total offense. Everything. And you know what? You look at his passing percentage: ten of twenty-eight. I think it was under 50% again I mentioned on the podcast it was like you know last year you look at your stats probably one thing you want to improve is your completion percentage it was a little under 15 well he threw under his completion percentage for last season and still was the best offensive player in the district still so threw for 163 yards it's crazy so I mean he's just really really capable of special things I think uh, as he continues to improve there's a lot of potential for growth he's, he's a very high ceiling type of guy so I uh, will definitely want to keep an eye on but if you hadn't heard him Go back to that episode and listen to it. He's a very articulate and thoughtful young man as well and, and interesting stuff. So that wraps up the football superlatives and awards. Always a pleasure to give those. We also have another sport going on right now. We certainly don't want anybody to think we're forgetting about volleyball. It is uh, in full swing. We are in the throes of volleyball season right now, and uh, we haven't done any awards to date. So we'll give out weekly awards continuing on, but we'll for now call this uh, you know, what's going on prior to now. So offense and defense, how divided up. Uh, how much volleyball have you guys seen so far? I've been to, I think, four games, so I haven't seen as much as I'd like yet. I'm not, I'm not an expert per se, but I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Is that where you guys are too? Yeah, I've seen a couple games. As uh, I'll be as fair as I can be, I've been to one volleyball game this <laughs> right. year. You don't have to. be. I'm honest. not going to lie. I mean, I've varsity wires this football almost year round, but I, 
That's not that I don't like volleyball. I just I, what I'm it, hearing. It's is Chase hard. Doesn't like volleyball. It's <laughs> at, at him is what I'm hearing. It's uh, go ahead at me. <laughs> go ahead Do at it. him. So I love volleyball. It is like um, it's got most of the stuff I love from basketball, and it's also you're in and out and like you know, particularly if a team is dominant, you're in and out in under half an hour. Sometimes <laughs> it is it is really a very efficient night of sport uh, many times. And when it's when it's competitive, when it's close, it's thrilling. I mean, there's virtually nothing else like it. So I, I, big fans of volleyball, at least on the Vipe and Chronicle side. Can't speak for varsity wires, but uh, so to date so far, number of offensive players like Hannah Teeter over Cy Ranch. They are uh, looking very, very stout. Although Cy Woods pulled a big, I wouldn't even call it an upset necessarily. Cy Woods is a very good team, but a, but a, a impactful win there to confuse the top of the standings in seventeen six A. Kate Reese an impact player as well. Cy Springs not I've having two big games lastly. Well, yeah, you, you had know, Langham Creek as well. Uh, yeah, Cy Ranch, mm-hmm. Langham Creek, and then the Cy Ranch. Cy Woods game. Yeah. And, and Two the, big games. The way that it broke, obviously, with Woods beating Ranch and then Ranch beat Langham. Like, it yeah. just really confuses things at the top. I, anybody, it's anybody's district, even at this point. So we've seen enough to kind of know some things, though. Uh, offense and Florian Reader's another one that's uh, really just killing out there, doing consistently good work every night. But to me, uh, she leads the district in kills. Cy Springs is Tiffany Mack. Uh, she is, and Coach has, has told me so much about her and what she's capable of. She's also a basketball standout as well, a multi-sport athlete. Doesn't she multi-sport. do, like, track? I think she is also tracks, and I I will admit, and I apologize to the, the track guys. Heard her name before. Track, I do a poor job of covering. I, I really need to improve on that. Um, so I'm not as knowledgeable about track, but I'd be, I, yes, I've certainly seen her name mentioned. I know she does something. I don't know whether it's uh, running hurdles or, or what they do in those track events, but uh, but she's talented. I mean, give her anything athletic, I think she's probably going to be able to do it pretty well. She leads the district with 276 kills. Now, when I say leads the district, I mean, it's not even really that close. You look down the list, Tiffany Mack has 276. Uh, Bradley, uh, who is actually, I believe, a teammate, right? Yeah, Cy Springs, 240, so obviously very uh, talented offensively over there. And then uh, Ann Florian Reader with 208. So uh, 276, far outstrips what else is going on there in terms of the kills. She is uh, has size, is an impact player, uh, maybe like a dark horse MVP candidate when this is all said and done. We'll have to see. But uh, I don't think that at this point, if you're going first half of the season, what we've seen so far, pretty much on offense, it's got to be Tiffany Mack. And then on the defensive side, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by this one. Miss Kate Reese. Uh, Arizona. Yeah, another uh, multi-sport star, uh, you know, uh, impact player in basketball as well. Probably the hardest working basketball player, irrespective of gender, I've ever seen on a court. I mean, she's really spectacular. And she does. She brings the same kind of intensity to her work uh, in volleyball. And she's been really spectacular. Total blocks, uh, if you look at that list, she leads that with 63. Peyton King ranked behind her with 60. Um, and she just, you know, you can rely on her. She is the uh, the most consistent player I've ever seen across any number of sports. So to date through the season, I'd say Tiffany Mack on offense, Kate Reese on defense. Those would be your midseason superlatives we're giving out there. But uh, in any case, we're watching you guys. You know, we love watching you guys. Keep doing what you do, and we will keep giving you shout outs uh, because you guys earned them, and you earned them against very difficult competition. So, congratulations to all the award winners this week. We will be back next week with uh, with another list. So, you know, you guys keep competing. This is the Sci Fair Sports Report. Well, that is just about all we have for you this week. Uh, we're about to preview the upcoming week's game. But first, uh, Chase almost broke in with some breaking news, uh, which doesn't make any sense because it's a podcast that's recorded. And this won't be out for like 26, 28 hours, I bet. But <laughs> but breaking news will break it here anyway. What did you hear, Chase? Yeah, uh, Cy Falls uh, wide receiver and uh, defensive back star the Baldwin, who is committed to OU, is out for the season with a what we believe is a right knee injury, a right lower leg injury. We at the game, we thought it was a either like a hyperextension sort of deal. I'm no doctor by any means. 
that was, I, it was in my tweet as well. I included oh, yeah. the disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but uh, it could be HCL, MCL, because that's very serious as well. That could take quite well, a time. Well, it would be to irresponsible heal. to speculate, so we won't do that. But, uh, but yes, but I so mean, out for the season. Lower, lower right leg injury and start of the ball went is out for the season. Good God. Starlin, man, heart goes out to you. You were, uh, you know, one of the ones we were most excited to watch this season. Uh, I'm sure your coaches at OU felt the same way. <laughs> that's uh, that's really tough, man. And our heart goes out to you. And I'm sure the Seifels program is is reeling from that as well. But um, that, a tough loss. So we were talking about injuries. You have kind of a list that's updated here. I want to kind of get into that because I'm not sure. I don't even have the numbers statistically to look at this and say whether it's crazy or not. But we can sort of anecdotally break it down and say how bad was the first week in terms of guy, losing guys, getting guys hurt, stuff like that. Was it as bad as we feared? What's the damage? Uh, we have a little over 10 players who went down during games with injuries, this could be anything from like a cramp to a season-ending injury. So it was uh, for Sy Falls, it was a star of the ball one who we now know is out for the season. And there was an offensive lineman that went down. Other notable players that went down with injuries, uh, Courtney Mitchell, who was a starting running back at Sy Lakes, and Tyrese Miller, who is also starting quarterback. It's a big one. Uh, Snake bit. Yeah, one of our, uh, our, tw- our Twitter guys who are great, they said uh, Miller probably has a collarbone neck issue and that was the same issue you had last year wasn't it i believe it was and uh, courtney mitchell has a, a leg injury that is i mean it's brutal to lose your starting quarterback starting running back in the first game that's, of the season that's not good oh goodness and uh, alex jacobs for Cyridge, who did not play right. we believe it's for an injury but i'm not going to speculate on that uh leon o'neill had a he was back out there almost he was he was out for uh, maybe like a drive a and a half or oh, so okay. not even that long not even that long but yeah he did go down a little bit and uh Sharid got a little bit banged up and uh Chandler Ojaku defensive back for Sai Springs um went down as well he came back later in that game and uh, probably the biggest one of the week was uh Jacob Kanner yeah. who did not play uh if you don't know he's Injury out in the week leading up to the game I think. yeah it was uh, the week before one of the coaches said that he in practice tried to cut he wouldn't even hit uh, he tried to cut and non-contact one button. one leg went one way and the other one another way and is it was uh, like a right ankle type of situation so he's going to be out from like four to seven weeks so at this point we're already going to week four right that could that's almost your whole season no you know? bye week either. that's and no bye week you know you don't get a bye week here so that's uh that's pretty significant. Injuries are going to be compounded by that not having a bye week, no, no time off. It's it's going to be a grind from here on out, you know, for for uh, for everyone. Not only a regular season, but any type of playoff run too. Exactly right. From start, I mean, there is no stopping from here on out. It's going to be a war of attrition in some ways, and we saw uh, obviously some casualties in the first uh, first portion. From a discussion with uh, Jacob's father, I know that you know just a, a lot of heartache and, and, and disappointment around the Caner household, and it's a lot of frustration. Know. I would imagine too. You know sure. why why now? You know right in the midst of everything else that's going on. So. I mean, Absolutely. Is a, is a superlative talent. You know, he's a, a guy who can a dual threat. You know, people throw that around. He really is. He can do it both ways, and he's a, he's a key part of what they do over there. I know he's a vocal leader, and those guys love him as well. He is. He's a he's a big team player. Even we saw him out there with his uh, his, his scooter deal out yeah. there, just on the middle of the field. You know, watch the players warm up. You know, supporting his Nowhere team. Nowhere else had, he'd rather had, be. I'd imagine. Yep, absolutely. Had the jersey on. He, he was, was still the captain. Oh, of course, he was. Yeah, go he was ready to go because he earned that. I mean, you know, the injury is unfortunate, but certainly he earned his place and his voice, the role he has on the team so again you know our goes out to the guys that were hurt it's a it's a violent physical game you know it always kind of weirds me out when coaches say like i love this kid he's really violent that's what you gotta have to be you know, it's, it's a it's a it's an odd thing so uh you know I, I hate to see kids that that i enjoy and respect and admire get hurt like that and uh you know 
it is the nature of the game in some ways. So we will keep you guys updated on injuries as best we can throughout the season. Obviously, it being high school, um, not everything's made available to us. We will certainly clue you in on when we're speculating or uh, or don't have complete information. But uh, but that's what we have so far. Seems like a lot to me. Seems like some teams in particular were hard hit. Side Lakes, Side Woods. There have been, uh, been some teams that suffered from early injuries here. So in any case, uh, in happier news, we have some games to preview. Games coming up next week. That's, we have another uh, week. A lot of people listen to the show for the previews. So what do we have, Thomas? I'll toss it to you here. Uh, the slate we got going on, what, uh, what jumps out to you? So yeah, Thursday night, Side Falls, Langham. That's going to be an FCU, 6.30 p.m. kick. All right, we're going to make, make you pick. Uh, who, who you got in this game? Oh, obviously, it's got to be Langham after last week. <laughs> obviously, that's a pretty bold statement. It there. is a bold statement. 100%. You know, and you didn't see falls. That's why I think you're undervaluing them because they really were. They're always impressive defensively. They really, really are. But Brister's got a lot to do with that, I think. I think that they're capable of slowing Liam Creek down. Whether they they do it or not, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. We'll see how the game plays out there. But I do not think you're giving enough credit to Cy Falls in that program. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes there. I think that if you know, gun to my head, um, I would probably pick Langham in this game as well. But it's I think it's a little closer than you're thinking it's going to be. And then across the way at Prison, what do we got? Side Creek, Side Lakes. That's uh, again, Side Creek has got to get the win. I mean, you talk about teams that are motivated; they do not want to see what happened last year. Yeah, you go down, again. go down zero and two with no non-conference games. Doomed. I mean, you're zero and two. That's a tough hole. Yeah. We, don't, I, we looked back last season how many teams made the playoffs or past seasons how many teams made the playoffs with uh, four plus district losses, and I think only one of them. And it was Jersey Village from like two thousand. <laughs> 12 i believe they lost six this is like espn stats and info level like like yeah uh, what's what's it, elias yeah <laughs> got own i work for elias sports yeah, yeah exactly. i don't yeah it was jersey village who lost six district games was five and six and they ended up uh making the playoffs well, that was the last time that happened. Last year, Side Creek found themselves on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think if you go down on two, chances are that's where you'll find yourself again. So highly motivated. Obviously, we mentioned Side Lakes is just suffering from some real Yeah, the injuries, injuries and, you know, not only the injuries, but Creek also, like y'all mentioned, the, the bounce back. That's really what's on their mind this week. So yeah. I think we all got Side Creek in this one. Yeah, I would imagine Side Creek is uh, going to have to be the favorite there. So uh, Friday's games, Friday Night Lights, what do we got? Side Fair, Side Spring, 7 p.m. at FCU. That is a very, game very of, Game of the week. Yeah, That's I, think, the, uh, I think it's probably fair. Varsity Wires game of the week. Jersey Village's High Ranch also looks pretty good. But, yeah, I think if you're calling Game of the Week here, Side Fair, Side Springs could have a lot to do. I mean, in terms of Side Springs. playoff implications. Yes, absolutely right. Is it fair to say, though, all three of us will be there? I, that's, I'll I, be there. You know what? It's I'll not necessarily there. up to me. If, if Adam Coleman tells me I have to go somewhere else, I got to go somewhere else. But, um, but I but would like to see, be there. Yeah. Good to if, see us. and Cy Ridge, if that's the case. Yeah, but maybe. this is one of those games where, like, we'll know more about Springs after it than we will than we will uh, Fair. I think we all, you know, generally know what Cy Fair is about. Obviously, I don't see Cy Fair getting exposed. Ha- Springs has its like concern, not concerns, but like its question marks. Mm. I guess. Oh, I mean, I'll and tell you, Rick Kobe, come if off if the field, able said to knock off the top <laughs> yeah. dog in this district. That's that'd be a big win. But would be. I got to go with Fair. I will say that I, I was just saying, I, mean, I don't think that Springs is going to expose. I don't think there's anything to expose if you're talking about Cy Fair, right? I think that, you know, what you're hoping for is Cy Springs is a pretty close game that they end up winning. I think this new style. No, of, I think it'll be a good game. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I, I don't, yeah, I don't see either team blowing out either one here. 
Uh, I think a lot of people maybe would say the fair might, but I don't see it happening the way they're playing. So I'm very intrigued by this one. I'm going to call for the upset here. I think Cy Springs just, like, I got a yeah. feeling about them. I, th- I think they're going to win this one. So I, again, I hate that I'm having to pick against one of the teams I also love too. It's just kind of a fun little game we play here, but uh, I think Cy Springs just has what it takes. And I think they're going to put it together just in time to, uh, to beat the presumptive favorite for the district title in Cy Fair. And then of course, uh, over at the Pridgeon side, we got what? Cy Woods and Ridge, 7 p.m. kickoff. And those are two teams that um, really both need a win. Season openers. Um, you don't want to see your season spiral. Momentum can be good, can be bad. You don't want to see any sort of negative momentum. So both of those programs are very motivated to get a win there. Um, I think that's probably for a game two has a lot of implications in terms of how their seasons are going to ultimately yeah. go, how the mood and the, the ambiance around that team is going to ultimately be. So that one, uh, an impactful game. And the final game of the week. Oh, oh sorry. One second. Yeah, go for one it. One second, one second. Woods is kind of like Lakes. You know, they have some key injuries. And I think going into it, you'd have to expect. And I don't think y'all made your picks yet. It's got to be Ridge in this one. You know, I understand <laughs> they came off a disappointing loss, but you got to go with Ridge in this one. You got Sight Woods. Especially with, with those... Um, those injuries that Woods has, but also the disappointing start to uh, Woods' season. You know what? If we're all making picks on the record, and I think we have so far, right, then we should keep track of them, and we should bet. We should gamble. Yeah, we we did that with Varsity Wires of, is it two years ago, yeah. and we stopped because we were getting tons of hate, but I think it, I love there's, a, there's, a, there's I some motivation to get that to Absolutely. So we'll, I'll, I'll count this up. I'll go back and listen to this after the fact when we have the results and I'll, I'll figure out where we stand. So maybe... Uh, but maybe before c- we wrap this up, let's make sure we all got our uh, picks on this I'm audio. also also picking Ridge in that one. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know... Uh, Ridge Who do you got, here. Chase? I'm, I'm on the spot here. Um, <laughs> Who do you got? Who do you got? <laughs> we'll, go with, we'll go with Cy Ridge. All right. We're, yeah, four, three, four, three. 14 point victory. So that's a wash, right? No, no way anyone gains any ground on that one. Um, except for the teams that are actually playing the actual games. But in the final game, uh, we have Jersey Village is facing Cy Ranch. Six Saturday o'clock. night, 6 p.m., yeah, FCU. That's the one. Uh, Cy Fair, FCU, as in Cy Fair Federal Credit Union, uh, our sponsors and uh, where I do my banking and where I do the show's banking. And uh, they're just wonderful, lovely people. I don't know why you're not in there currently uh, getting some sort of checking account. So go check this them out. This is an interesting matchup. It really is. Boy, Especially me, with the way that Jersey played yeah. last week and the way that um, you know Ranch kind of disappointed in their opener i think that ranch salvaged it and is, is i wasn't i was terrified worried concerned for them in terms of where the program is going to be you know two minutes into the fourth quarter and then it just kind of all fell into place and it's like okay they're not what they were last season i don't think anyone expected them to be what they were last season they are competitive in this district certainly uh i don't think that you're gonna they're not gonna be a dog to anyone in this league they're probably gonna be a favorite most of the games they play Jersey Village looked a lot better than I expected, though. They looked a lot better. They surprised everybody. So, you know, Cy Ranch, uh, a little bit below maybe what I was anticipating. Jersey Village above what I was anticipating from them. Is that enough for Jersey Village to get the win there? I, I still think I'm picking Ranch. Same. They got 26 in a row in the bank. I asked Coach Johnson, how much does it matter to you? He goes, not much, but but some. We take pride in it. You know, and it's, it's not something they think about. You know, they're not talking about the streak or anything, but they certainly take pride in their body of work, and they want to continue it. So I think that... Again, probably a pretty competitive game, I would imagine. I, I call for Ranch in the victory here. I'm, what do you got, Thomas? Yeah. Ranch? Yeah, we'll go with a Cy Ranch. Yeah. 10-point um, win. Okay, I got to stop letting you pick last because you, you're making like a tic-tac-toe game. So let's do a quick recap. <laughs> so we all got Langham. We all had Langham, yep. We all had Creek. Cy Creek. 
Yep. You had springs. I had I was the, That's size, the only one. Who did you got? Size springs. You, you have springs. Oh, you, you went with me on really? springs? Really? I'm going size right. springs, man. I, wow. I converted. We didn't nail them down at it's, the time. I'll I like tell you why. Fact, it's but. going to be size springs is wing T offense, which is brand new, and I love it. Okay. And it'll be Cy Fair's uh, defense. You're drinking the wing T Kool Aid, huh? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm all about got the your run tin defense. Foil hat and you're you drawing it. X's and O's on the chalkboard, and I love it. That's a, that's football. Size springs is going to win. Upset. Well, we got it here. So, all got Ridge. We all, had ranch. all had ranch. Yeah. So we uh, all went chalk except it's on the, the record, y'all. Yeah. So hey, we're counting on you, Sice Springs. That's how much we believe in you guys. That uh, you know, we, we put our name on it, Chase and I did. Put your name on it. So that has been the show of this week. Uh, always a pleasure, guys. Now we have been trying to grow. We have grown radically. The instant reactions that we've been doing have been pretty helpful. I apologize to you guys, by the way. If you listen to the intro at the first two that we did, um, the first one, Chase's mic was off. The second one, Actually, I think mine was off. off too in the first one. It wasn't. Um, oh, that was the one where we recorded. Uh, I accidentally hit my computer's internal microphone. So we have this very nice setup here. <laughs> this equipment. I mean, like, you know, hundreds, hundreds of dollars worth of equipment that just, I was plugged into the computer. I just didn't turn it on. So that was recording from the crappy microphone that exists in this Dell laptop my girlfriend loaned to me. So, um, but we figured it out on the third one. So I think we sounded pretty good there. Tom, the from TSRN joined us. We'll be doing a lot more of those. Those are cool. But we grew radically this week, and we've grown radically since we started, and that has a lot to do with you guys sharing, talking about us, saying nice things about us, and uh, we notice and we appreciate it. Lobo Media, you guys, they're killing it. Uh, it. Just in terms of promoting the show, engaging with us, I heard you guys are listening to it in studio when you're doing your work over there at Langham Creek High School. Uh, incredibly flattering, incredibly gratifying. That's why we make the show, for the people that are interested in it, to, uh, to listen to it in their lives and, and to, uh, to be a part of this sci-fair sports thing that we have is so amazing. So uh, shout out to the guys at Lamb Creek, uh, Lobo Media, uh, been doing a great job for us. And we also had, we've been begging you guys for iTunes reviews. I mean, literally begging, right? I think it's a fair characterization. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, just I'm, I'm imploring people, pleading to get us these reviews. And, uh, and some of them came through. So Cam Moso, um, formerly of an organization I won't name, I think he's on his own now as, as a trainer. I need to double check. Basically, one of the, if you're looking to get better at the sport of football, Cam is the guy to go see. He's at Twitter, at Cam Noso. It's uh, at C-A-M-N-W-O-S-U. Um, go check him out. He's a terrific guy. But he also left us a review. He said, I truly value the work Kevin puts into Cypher Sports Report podcast. I don't know why he just named me. You guys also work on the podcast. Where's before. our cred? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know him personally. He may have been doing me a solid there. But uh, he said, the best in the game when it comes to covering 17-6-8 district. Absolutely, we are the best in the game. Kind of the only in the game. But if there were anyone else, we'd still be better than them. This district is full of D1 athletes who not only succeed on the field or court, but off of it as well. The comprehensive knowledge Kevin and Thomas bring covering all sports in Cypher is huge. I love that. It's very flattering. It is literally a one-stop shop that provides an in-depth look at Cypher district for fans, parents, teachers, or coaches. Thanks for giving the Cypher community a great sports podcast. I salute. Well, that is very sweet, Cam. Uh, we appreciate that tremendously. Very sweet words there, and that uh, makes it all worthwhile. And this one jumped out to me. Again, I, mean, I tweeted out. I've been a part of a number of shows. I've gotten a handful of reviews, 75, 80, something like that. Not a ton, but you know, a fair smattering of them. This might be the most meaningful one I think I've ever gotten for any show I've ever been a part of. And the title is Helps Me uh, Teach My Students About the District. A five-star review from 281 Indie Fan. <laughs> my girlfriend and I were laughing. We love you, 281 Indie Fan. I think that that, that uh, iTunes 
name was probably selected like in junior high or high school, right? And, and little did he know he'd be teaching high school or she'd be teaching high school someday. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, it's amusing how it happens. I think mine is like K-Dog Infinity or something like that. So we all have stupid. Oh, man, I didn't need to hear that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's bad all around. It's not just you. But the review says, I teach audio video production in Cypher and have always followed everything from Coleman and Bab from years ago. TSRN, Varsity Wires, Varsity Views, VWCast, Cypher, Sports Report, etc. I like this one a lot as it combines many together. We listen to them in my studio at school, and I assign them to my sports teams for homework. I like my students to not only know our teams, but the district as well. Plus, it helps them get acquainted with style, stats, terminology, et cetera. Great job, guys. Keep doing it. I am truly touched by that one. That is, It really means a lot to me. That's, that's exactly why we do this. So shout out to all the teachers in the district doing the, the publications, media, um, the uh, AV stuff. I mean, really, it's, it's special what goes on in this district and has a lot to do with the teachers and administrators that are making it possible for those kids and giving them the resources they have. So uh, we're we are thrilled to be a part of that in any way. And uh, and I've been in contact with some of the media people. Feel free. Kevin Cook, reach out to me on Twitter, at Cook or uh, my cell phone's printed everywhere. Um, reach out to me. If there's some way I can help you, uh, you know, I am technically employed doing sports media. So I'm, I'm always happy to, to do the, the school thing. So very meaningful reviews. We need those guys. Go to iTunes, give us reviews. We'll read it on the podcast. We'll make you famous like we did with those guys. And, uh, and we certainly would appreciate it as well. So closing thoughts, guys. Football. No closing thoughts. Okay. Football's back. All right. Football. There you go. So Fo- give me something. Football is back as a fine closing thought. Just don't give me nothing when I ask for a closing thought. <laughs> Well, we are all, I think, very tired. It's late uh, at night here, a tough day for all of us, but uh, always a joy to cover Cypher Sports. So, guys, uh, a pleasure to be with you. We'll have more great interviews coming up during the week and then next week. Another recap, another series of awards, and another preview. Um, Stick around. Follow on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes, whatever you do. Make sure you share us with your people. There are lots of people that want to listen to the show and don't know about it. Maybe don't know how to use a podcast. Teach someone how to use a podcast this week. Uh, You know, It's like the, the teaching a man to fish, right? Don't, don't give them a fish. Don't play the podcast for them. Teach them to fish. And then they'll be fishermen um, for us. So uh, I'm just saying crazy things now. So with, without further ado, we will sign off. Uh, for Chase Parisher, Thomas Bingham, I'm Kevin Cook. We'll see you guys soon. You've been listening to the Sign Fair Sports Report. Follow the host on Twitter at KMichaelCook, at Texan8thGen, and at C Parisher. And follow the show at SciFair Report. Thanks again to our friends at SciFair Federal Credit Union. Follow them at, at SciFair FCU or visit their website at SciFairFCU.org. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, go rate and review it on iTunes and share it with your friends. Until next week, this has been the SciFair Sports Report. Be excellent to each other and keep keeping on.